You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Um, season 8, episode 33, and it's the, the three regulars on tonight, John, Jordan, Chris. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. We don't want that in the week of the No, the we Scottish, certainly don't. <laughs> just thinking that. Uh, quarter final, so I think we'll just edit that. If you can edit that out. Some... <laughs> Start again. Hi. Hi. So, yeah... Uh, we'll start it straight away. So obviously recent weeks we've been talking about a uh, good John Filthy John and all that. So interesting enough at the weekend, I was looking at something to watch for to watch on Netflix. Uh, and a film called, called Dirty John. Um so I did say to the wife, No, I am filthy John. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast you will find that out. <laughs> so you just can make your own comments. To be honest, your message probably knows me filthy already. Well, <laughs> Yes. Or you're not doing your job right. <laughs> yeah, here we go, straight away. Um, as I were, Chris and me were kidding on before we came on tonight. John was a wee bit del- Good John was a wee bit delayed, and we were just wondering whether he was running the wife in our bath. But <laughs> No, I was supposed to some plastic thing for it to use. <laughs> oh, your imagination's amazing, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's the imagination that gets you going. <laughs> <laughs> What's it you're actually doing? What's that? <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, my my wife does um, her own cake business, called Susie B Bakes Cakes. I might as well plug it since we're talking about it. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the advertising, and it was you guys that brought it up. So uh, my conscience is clear. Um, so she had to make a wee right. cake topper, um, and decided it right before going my podcast. But I thought the use were delayed, so I thought, on you go. Oh, what, was it, what, what was the cake topper? It was a 60. I was, I was expecting something really more exciting than just the number. Yeah. Sassy at 60. I don't know. She can do other cake toppers. Not things. just numbers, but um, anyway. Just we'll, we'll just, we'll just skip, skip on from here. We've given the oh, plug. Oh, that sounds more interesting than the football. <laughs> uh, how else was it apart from numbers? You mean, you mean well? You mean going to talk about football tonight? Are you sure? Well, <laughs> well that's right. We'll probably talk about everything, but if, uh, um, society drinking. What we drinking? <laughs> well, teaser's hot chocolate. Oh, teaser's hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> By the way, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna just start dropping f bombs all over the place because. I shouldn't be saying this, but I listened to another podcast last week. Boo! And, uh, I know, I know. Um, and there was a fair bit of swearing on it. So, yeah. I, I think actually I'm, there's no way I'm uh, misbehaved, John, um, in terms of only maybe an F word, maybe once a week. You've been listening to the forums of Scottish Football Podcast? Yeah, it was a... A podcast went into Scottish football. Well, no, I'm not name it because then I'll be plugging it. Though it's pretty popular, anyways. Not like it needs any extra advertised. I think I know the one you're on about, but we'll save it. I spoke about it off here. Was the BBC Sports Sound? Was it? Was it that nonsense? I, I don't listen to Sports Sound, really. Nah, I don't do 
yeah. I, I stopped um, listening to the Monday night one when Neil McCann became a regular guest and that dropped me down to listen to zero um, because I stopped listening to the rest of it when David Curry, the interrupter, um, was on. He's just a dreadful presenter. Yeah, well, Neil McCann's probably going to get the Leicester job. I mean, <laughs> oh no, no, it's no, it's no heaven. Who, who is that again? Rangers, let's start with that. Well, oh, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. Well, BBC Sports Rounders turn the, the pot with that one. Oh, if he wins the treble, treble, we're up enough, we go. As usual, try to unsettle the Celtic manager. But yeah, the the the, the rumour, uh, if you've even got a rumour, just a suggestion, is that Neil Lennon's going to take charge until the end of the season. Former Leicester player, of course, when Martin O'Neill was there. <laughs> um, and then Brendan Rodgers would go there in the summer. Um, I don't know how much there is to that. Um I've certainly spoken in this podcast about the odd transfer uh, window we had in January there, but we seem to be bringing in a few projects and then having a lot of short-term loans as if we're not going to back the manager beyond the summer. Um, but I don't know. I, I honestly have nothing on the inside when it comes to Celtic, so uh, Rogers might be here to stay. He might be ready to go in the summer. I have nothing at all. Um, I would be disappointed if he left. Um, I'm hoping that Rodgers is going to continue to be here continue to be successful and ideally build uh, uh, on what we've done in, in Europe in the last couple of seasons um, because I wasn't on last week so I wasn't able to talk about how we played against Valencia but it was absolutely appalling in the first leg and obviously we've now played the second leg and although Celtic lost 1-0 it was a far better performance um, Celtic, Celtic started well um, they were, they were, um, well, I, I should caveat this that Valencia were of course defending a 2-0 lead so they didn't really have to attack but for Celtic to go to the Mestalla and actually play like the, the dominant team for at least the first about 37 minutes of the game um, is, is quite impressive I think I think like, Celtic did themselves a lot of justice restored a lot of pride um, and then unfortunately had the man sent off for Two very soft bookings, uh, and that kind of scuppered things because after that, Valencia battered us, which did allow us to. Um, and, and this is where we can laugh at Neil McCann uh, because Scott Bain was tremendous. <laughs> yeah, I I think though uh, 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 I'm not going to back Neil McCann here really, but Scott Bain in the, was it last season did he did he maybe cover himself in glory? If I remember correctly. Um, I think that a lot. Of credit has to go uh, the, the Celtic goalkeeping coach um, Stevie Woods. He, he seems to work wonders with, with several goalkeepers now. Um, yeah. and Scott Bain is the greatest. Um, he's, 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 I always thought he was a reasonably decent keeper when he was a Dundee, who was then prone to have an absolute shocking games at times. Um, but certainly the improvement in him since he's come uh, to Celtic has been. Outstanding, and he's he's fully deserving his place as as first choice goalkeeper at the moment. He's keeping Craig Gordon now on merit, uh, and along with that, yeah, it just—I was—he's only conceded one goal this um, calendar year, but we'll come on to that one later. Oh, <laughs> domestic terms, yeah, but I think um, I mean it just shows that you should never give up after rejection, you know, because. Bain was uh, released by Aberdeen in 2011 um, and Paul Hartley when he got the Allo job the first thing he did was sign Scott Bain brought him up through the ranks and signed him for Dundee did well there um, up until Neil McCann decided to get involved um, uh, he went to Celtic I just thought he was never going to be any more than number two but he's been given his chance he's, he's taken it he's performed well in the cup games and the couple of firm games that he 
well, the old firm game played at the end of last season, and then this season and this calendar year he's been brilliant. Um, so no, good credit to him. I mean, we said he, he didn't deserve to be in the last Scotland squad because he was only in because Craig Gordon was injured, but he deserves to be in the next one, which is at the end of March, obviously, um, unless yep. he gets injured, of course. Hopefully not. Uh, but yeah, right. I, I, um, I, I doubt Craig Gordon been in that squad um, just for the, the same reason that that Scott Bain probably shouldn't have been in the squad previously. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't know if he play for Scotland. I think Al McGregor's probably going to be the first choice, but um, it'll be good to have him in there. Good choice he's in there. See, just going back to Rogers. Uh, I, I think this time it could be. I, I mean, he's been looking for other jobs. This one could be actually tempting. It's obviously that the board at Leicester are it's a good board there. Um and they would back him I think as well. And that's probably something he's been frustrated with at times under at yeah. Celtic yeah. last summer. Um the talk I suppose at the talk I suppose it gives him a negotiation in terms of saying look all these clubs supposedly been interest memory. Well, he's a bit of backing in the summer. Yeah. Forces forces the board's hand. Well I Celtic. Th- I think um he's He's not going to get a job in any top six clubs in my, my eyes. I mean, he's, he's had his stint at Liverpool and they're obviously not going to get rid of Klopp anytime soon. Um, he'll not, he's unlikely to get Man United, Arsenal, who've also got a new manager, Chelsea, Tottenham and certainly no Austin Guardiola. So, um, you know, he'll need to look at... If he's going to go back to England, it'll be one of those teams who's trying to break into that top six or push him on the edge of top six. Unless there's one of those teams that could do that. I mean, it's not too long ago they did the unthinkable and win the league. Um, I know the chances of that happening again are pretty slim, but they're as good a club as any in that Premier League. And um, but they do need stability as well because this is them going for their fourth manager since uh, you know <clears throat> in the last f- um, couple of years. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a risky one for yeah. the take, but you're right. I mean, they're a well-run team. Um, from from behind the scenes, from like the the board perspective, I know they've obviously had that tragedy with the helicopter crash here last season, um, which 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 meant they lost their owner, but um, they they're still well run beyond that. So uh, they've got decent potential. I don't really see them getting back in a position where they win the league again, but um, they're certainly. I mean, even going back to the Martin O'Neill years when he was there, they, they were a team that. Would, do pretty well in cup competitions, um, so they're, they're certainly a, a team with decent potential that maybe Rodgers would fancy taking another go in the, the Premiership with. Yeah, and you're right, it's, it's, it's hard to see where else he would fit in in, in one of the big clubs. I mean, you're you're looking at maybe his best chance would be someday that's like one of the bigger clubs that's not doing as well as he have done in previous years, and then the first name that springs to mind would be Everton. But again, given his links with Liverpool previously. Um, it's hard to see where he would fit in there as well um, the other possibility might be Newcastle maybe like, uh, it could maybe go to there's arguably a big club down there I think he's got a lot to deal with that board yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. the opposite end of the scale isn't it yeah. yeah. well Rafa Benitez is struggling with him and Rafa Benitez has been a good manager it just shows that how badly that club's been run. Um, it's been neglected by Ashley, who's only interested um, in one thing, and I suppose it's not a bad thing trying to run a bit of profit, but when you're in an era where Premiership clubs are making profit even before they start the season, um, anyway, we shouldn't really cover too much English football. 
Yeah, we're all the talking about it because Rodgers <laughs> yeah, would be like the, the job down the road. I, I mean, wouldn't think Rodgers There is the other question stuff. of maybe they would look at other managers up here. I mean, <laughs> what was Steve Clark? <laughs> yeah, well, we can, we can go on to Steve Clark, I'm sure. But uh, the, the other thing that could make the Leicester job attractive is they have got a good nucleus in terms of young players. And Rodgers obviously likes to work with young players. Likes a Madison, Chilwell, uh, mm-hmm. Gray. There's a few in there that I'm pretty sure they would be interested in work with. I suppose from Celtic's point of view, probably maybe one of the few clubs he would go to and not want to sign Tierney, maybe, because they've got a pretty good left back there already. Yeah, I think it's the other thing that might appeal for Leicester's because um, one of the reasons Leicester got rid of appeal was because they didn't like the style of football. They want to play an attacking game like they did under um, Ranieri, that famously won them the league, and to a degree with Pearson that kept them up uh, three seasons ago now. Um, so that might appeal to Rodgers as well. We just we just don't know. He will eventually leave Celtic. Whether it's um, going to happen, whether he's going to stick around for the 10 in a row or if he thinks that he's done all he can because after two double trebles and potential treble treble, if the board aren't going to give him a great backing at Celtic, what else is there left to do? Yeah, it goes back to my point earlier about the, the thing that Rodgers has got left to do is, is improve things in Europe. And if you say, if the board aren't going to back him, his chance of doing that is very limited. So yeah. you wouldn't really blame him if that was the case. But I mean, I would like to see him stick about. I would like to see him get backed a bit more. And I would like to see his improve in Europe. So, yeah. I would I would like to see Rodgers go and Neil McCann be brought in as Celtic manager. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Are you trying to get me to explode? <laughs> I'm sure so, we'll be coming on to Scottish that last week. The replays. Yeah, did you see them? Oh no, we didn't because they were on the uh, same time as the Champions League and we're not allowed to show them because we have a stupid restrictive training yeah. uh, rule. Yeah, yeah, no allowed to. Uh, definitely, aye. And then Premier Sports showed the Rangers Kilmarnock game and delayed coverage. At one minute yeah. past ten, aye. Oh, it's, it's pretty ridiculous because on Tuesday night we had two boring 0-0 draws in the Champions League meanwhile there was a Scottish Cup game we weren't allowed to watch which finished two each like the first one mm-hmm. I had everything in it. there was one point I was listening to the radio that they were suggesting it was fisticuffs I don't know if there was um, nobody was sent off for it um, but was certainly a stramash of some kind uh, but I mean the goals were apparently pretty good it went to penalties everybody was watching a penalty shootout so we're just listening to a penalty shoot on the radio. Yeah, I can even find a periscope. Like John and me were obviously doing the podcast last Tuesday, and it was like, oh, going to a penalty shoot out. Couldn't find a video or anything to see the penalties. The highlights in sports team were terrible. Um, they showed the goals in the penalty shoot, and that was it. They didn't show any other incident in the game, and uh, it was the commentary from the studio by Rob McLean who then obviously did the same for the Rangers come on that game, it was lazy and sports news um, Scottish Cup coverage is actually not bad because they actually send commentators to games mm-hmm. um, because of their coverage but um, they didn't bother their backside for that game and I can understand a wee bit why because it's, why send someone all the way up when they know the game's not going to be shown until like quarter to one on the uh, Thursday morning I can change the point, point with sports in that it's not going to be on BBC One anymore on the new BBC Scotland channel. So if no, you've recorded it, set the series to record, is it still going to record or is it still going to be on BBC One as well? Uh, it's going to be BBC One later on at night. The 7.15 slot or something's on uh, the new BBC Scotland channel. All right, so we're going to have it in both. The, the good thing is that previously the BBC Two slot, they had the 6 o'clock one. 
you couldn't get that on HD because the old, uh, BBC Two's HD was the UK wide version. Um, but now we've got the BBC Scotland channel. It is HD, so you can watch it at seven fifteen on HD. So that's a reasonable time. Yeah, good quality finally. And I think one, I think Inverness's game this weekend is on BBC One, but the Partick and Hearts games on the BBC Scotland channel next Monday. Yeah. And the other th- we've got um, Friday night Friday. football as well. We've yep. got Morton and Falkirk as well. Be a, what a good match to start off with, eh? Entertaining, well. eh? Nice match. Ray yeah. McKinnon. Yeah. Yep. Ray McKinnon will be able to bask in his um, days at Morton, um, reflect back to the month <laughs> that he had, or two months, whatever it was. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting viewing. Um but for Cali this, I mean, that game was rules reversed from the first game because in the first game, Inverness twice to the lead um, and Ross County pegged them back to force replay. This it was Ross County going ahead twice and Inverness pegging them back. And then it's a lottery of the shout. But well done, Inverness getting through um, and set up what could be a good tie with Dundee United in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. No surprise, it was a, it was two draws, eh? No, uh, obviously it would have to be a draw the first time before they got a replay. But yeah. no surprise to get the back in two draws. Yeah, I think they've had five games this season, um, and it's been four draws and a one 0 Ross County win. Yeah, whereas I've seen an interesting start down south that Spurs have they drawn a game this season, like really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about English football again. I know, but just it was in the terms of the draws and all that. <laughs> That like uh, we could briefly talk about the championship teams. We're talking about the two teams. It's, I mean, even the likes of Falkirk and Partick Thistle out of the race for a playoff spot going up the way. Probably a bit too far out. Eleven points behind Inverness. Aye, it's it's it is it's very tight in that division <laughs> too. Um, we talked about maybe Martin and Queen of getting dragged into it. They're only five ahead of Partick Thistle and Falkirk now. Yeah. Even Dunfermline. Yeah. For six ahead, mm-hmm. so uh, it's certainly not unreasonable. I would be surprised if the championship doesn't finish with that same top four. Um, I think Ross County now five points clear at United with a game in hand. They're starting to look quite the top favourites to go straight up. Yeah. Um, and I think Air United, Dun United, Inverness will very probably be the three teams that are in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the interesting thing is going to be to see who finishes second now. It's, it's level in points where United and Dundee United. Inverness are a bit further back, so they'll probably be in the first round of the playoff. But it'll be interesting to see who they play in that. Yeah, I Yeah, I concur. I think Ross County will steam ahead now. Um, I think they're looking pretty solid. I mean, coming back for two goals then against Partick, you know, is a terrific result given um, how well this have been doing this calendar year. Um, Thistle must be raging because they were looking to pull a wee bit clearer and now they've fallen bottom and goal difference behind Falkirk. Um, because Alloa got an unlikely win at Queen of South um, which my mate Paul wasn't too happy about obviously because his team get beat. Um, was it an unlikely win though? Because they've been in pretty decent form recently. Well, their form recently hasn't actually been... They were good in January but then they had a bit of a poor run. But I think Queen of South, they're they're decent against teams like Ayr and Ross County, having beat them a couple of times, but against the teams below them, they seem to struggle a bit. So, maybe not, when you think about it that way. I may have had uh, Queen of the South in his coupon, and the first thing I said to him was like, mm, that's your dodgy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, the, the win went against Dallas form. Um, 
but certainly Queen of the South form has been very poor in the last few games. So, uh, aye, it's, 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 it's certainly interesting the championship now across the board. So, 11, well, mostly of teams have got 11 games left. Some of them have played the game more than those kind of played the game less. But so, who at this point would you predict to go down? I have no idea at this point. I'm I'm going to say. I'm still going to say Alwa, but I can see Morton getting dragged down at the bottom too. Yeah. Well, Martin Hayes is a Morton fan. He says they are absolutely dreadful and getting worse Aye. as the weeks go by. Um, just can't score goals, really. And yeah, dreadful. So he would be surprised. Thing, uh, if they it's, went it's, down. it's the form. I think because both parties of this on Falkirk are starting to pick up the points more and more. Uh, Alwa, okay, they've been losing a bit, but they've won it the weekend. But they're, I mean, it's Queen of the South they beat to drag into it. So. Queen of, I mean, Queen of South is what, four defeats out of five. Morton's three losses and two draws. So that's the the, the recent form. It's, you're right, it's, it's the teams that are sitting sixth and seventh that are badly needing to be arrested the, the slide that they're in. The two teams behind, or the three teams behind them are packing up points again. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I couldn't predict it right now. But he, I wouldn't surprise if one of the ones that's higher up the league. Yeah, I mean, he, I'd, I'd read a blog. Uh, about Morton, I think it was last week, and I'd sent it on to him, and he said, yeah, but summed up pretty well. I mean, the boy Tidzer, who is probably Morton's best player, um, is not even getting played. And when he is getting played, he's not getting played in the right position. The only pause that we were saying recently was uh, McCrory that's on run for Rangers. He said he's a, he's going to be a top, top keeper. Uh, and he's not been impressed by Kilty so far on loan. I did try and say to him he's only just back from injury and that, but he was... Suggesting that just a pure pure team just no one, but then they're no far off potentially fourth place. Yeah, we <laughs> are. Oh, it takes, all it takes it, yeah. a couple of wins. Put a couple of wins together. Yeah, yeah, that is exactly it. Um, I actually had Morton in the playoff at the start of the season, and I was to be relegated. Which one? To be relegated. The, the ninth place playoff. Sorry. Um. So. That could very well happen. Possible. Yep. Yeah, I had it here, so what do I know? But I think I did have Ross County to win the league. Yeah. Chris, you actually had Queen of the South in the playoff and he had to go down. Just looking at the old blow for the start of the season. <laughs> oh, he's gone up now, eh? Now, now that his reductions are looking good, Chris. Uh, this I can't find it. Where is it again? Oh, I don't know. Listen, I had, listen, listen, I had Partick Thistle to win the championship, so that's going horribly wrong. <laughs> all right, okay, aye. Well, j- j- here, I-, I spoke about it last week. Just wait till you were all laughing at me about Motherwell. It's no far off now. Top six. Aye. Mm-hmm. They could have been top six of the weekend there had the beats Celtic, but mm-hmm. uh, that's just under a little run of form. They've had the, the, the turn of the year, so. Yeah. Uh, League One, just been years uh, we're on the championship as well. We're getting all leagues just now. Yeah, well, I've, 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 I've both declared yet. <laughs> yeah. Sixteen points through. Well, haven't they play? Yeah, it's, I mean that's the division that's going to be the, the crowned champions first. We all know what. Yeah. Everything else is still going to be decided a bit. But I mean, Celtic are pulling away a wee bit. Ross County are pulling away a wee bit. But Arbroath have been out in front for months now. Mm-hmm. It's just another league entirely. So. Yeah, I think I heard Greg say he's going to go to an abroad game if they, if they get promoted. Old Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to take Actually, past abroad recently. Where, where, where was I? 
Oh, aye. I was up East Coast of Scotland. Aye, well, aye, yeah. I was, thinking, I was trying to figure out where I was actually going, but aye, I passed it. So, yeah. Not old Greg. Not, not old, but you know what I mean. Old Greg, as I used to win the podcast. We'll get him back on. He's tempting. I keep on, uh, on Twitter. They don't do pokes on Twitter. I don't know what they do. Slide, slide into DMs. Uh, slide into DMs. I'm no sliding into Greg's DMs <laughs> <laughs> or, or anything else of uh, Greg's. So, uh, aye. Right, stop poking old Greg. Well, I've already been a- accused of uh, doing something with another Let's member. So, uh, aye, yes. Lucky as we are in the old podcast team. Aye, well. Sharing, sharing. Uh, I've got like one at the other end of the t- What's that? You'll be closing up to Craigson. Craig? Huh? Oh, Wink, Craig. Yep. Aye. Craig likes a sausage supper, I tell you that. <laughs> uh, but the other end of the table. Jesus. What are we saying there? Like, we're like one. You were talking about the other end of the table. Aye. But it's Chris having a wee chuckle to himself at the other end. At least I never said about the middle end. Remember that I'm trying, one? I'm trying not to joke. I'm, I'm trying not to joke about a hot chocolate. <laughs> hot, are you still drinking that? Look, how far we into this podcast and you're still drinking that hot chocolate? It's not going to cold chocolate. It's not going to be hot chocolate anymore. We're 26 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you just, drinking, John? Uh, I finished my, my cup of tea. This is such an old man podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I've got a beer. At least someone's bloody <laughs> doing it like it should be done. It's the, the, the good old days of Craig trying to get sponsorship by telling us what beer he was drinking that week. It's gone. Be a hot chocolate. You get t- eat that case of tennis, did you know? Once. And <laughs> remember, I tried. I tried like the Brazilian beer. I don't think I had any Brazilian listeners, unfortunately. Um, Thinking of Kelly Brook there for some reason. You just need to add it, aye. For the folk, some folk will be like, what? Whereas folk that have listened since back in the day will be like, oh, aye. That's why they get it anyway. So, what was that about bottom of the league one? <laughs> yes. Who cares? It's me and three points behind. For this podcast is now hung up its microphone because nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Dumbarton and Stranraa had have did well at the weekend, so they've got closer to Airdrie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Airdrie going to get dragged into that relegation playoff. In the, the playoff, so. mm-hmm. It was a good one for Dumbarton at East Fife. Um, it was a good one for Stranraa going to Breakin and winning and putting Breakin in the playoff. Yep. It, it, could, it could be one of them. Was it like? Was it last season? Albion Rovers weren't bottom of the table until last day of the season. Yeah. Was that last season? Yeah, it? it was last season. Yeah. It could maybe have been a situation like that with one of the, the teams that's. <laughs> I don't know, I think maybe actually all of Dumbarton, Stranraer, Breaking and Stenhouse made up and maybe been bottom. Uh, well, unfortunately for Albion Rovers, I don't see that happening again this season because they've been bottom forever. Yeah. In League 2. Um, and At least they're <laughs> consistent. Bennett Rangers must be very relieved of us because the form is rotten as well and they're still yeah. seven points going Albion Rovers. With three games in hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Albion Rovers goal difference minus 44. Yeah, I think it's fair to say they're finishing bottom. Um, ah. It'd be a big surprise if they get out of that. Um, but the other end, um, Ember City winning, P3 
Peter Hedman and then Clyde drop points from a winning position, so they fell a wee bit further behind. Although, uh, this is probably the most exciting for the, the top spot race out of the, the four divisions, because... I mean, it's, it's one point, and uh, Peter Head have got a game in hand over Edinburgh City, so they could overtake them to win it. So. Uh, yeah, and Edinburgh City don't play this weekend. I don't think. I think they do. I think it's just that um, there's a couple oh, of midweek games. In fact, Peter Head's oh, playing could no. be tomorrow. It's midweek games I'm, th- I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Midweek. yeah. That's what makes it all mm-hmm. So Peter Head could go top tomorrow. Yeah, yep. they beat Kevin. Um, today, on when you're listening. Or yesterday. <laughs> uh, if you get to if you get to weddings and you haven't listened to it, you'll miss the score and you won't get it off this. <laughs> well, you get some folk that avoid the scores. Yeah, uh, true. But I don't think they avoid the scores to listen to our, our podcast. I wouldn't have thought so, John. Last week, can the score is unless we, we get the, the crystal ball out. Yeah. Or unless we do the, the Thursday podcast, and then we might mention it there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure... Well, I think my Thursday folk would know the score. Yeah, I don't think Peter Head and Cowden Beath fans will be that desperate to avoid the score to listen to a podcast, even if it yeah. is ours. <laughs> you never know. Folk have been offshore. <laughs> <laughs> and they get radio and all that. No. They must have Wi-Fi, eh? They, get, they must get Wi-Fi in there on the, the rigs and that now so they can listen to the podcast. <laughs> Wi-Fi on the rigs, is that our podcast title this week? Or one of the potentials? Uh, yeah, so if you're on the rigs uh, and you're listening to this podcast, send a message to SFF Podcast on Twitter. Yes. Let us know. Aye. If you're listening anywhere, but if you're on the rigs, uh, aye, definitely. Yeah. Aye, there must be a way, there'll be a way, won't there? Yeah, or or take a photo for Instagram. You say listen to SFF podcast and tag SFF podcast on Instagram. No, I put up, I put up, up. Well, come on to that later on, maybe. But we maybe need to get more pictures on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you should do. Lowland League, Highland League. We're going as far down as that just now. Let's we save that for another time. I've uh, obviously having our time. We've still got okay. the entire Premiership fix I've uh, card to talk about. I've even mentioned the midweek, the other midweek Scottish Cup tie. I thought I aye, <laughs> thumping. Well, where'd you start with this one? <sighs> Alan, you're man in a match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's fair to say Comarro certainly showed a penalty um, in the first couple yep. of minutes. Um, you know, you can argue that Brophy goes down a wee bit easy, but at the end of the day, Worrell is trying to hug him, um, mm-hmm. as Joe Worrell does. Um, but it's... He maybe listened to the podcast last week, hug it out, kiss it out. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you're a professional footballer and you listen to the podcast, <laughs> then there's a tweet. <laughs> yeah. um, and then obviously, legitimate first Rangers go, but then the sending off. It was a bit controversial. Um, a lot of the media, <laughs> a lot of the media were um, saying that it was a definite red card, and I can sort of see that point. But then it got rescinded, so it probably proves no, it was the wrong decision after all that. That looked, looked completely wrong to me. Very little on that. Sorry. I listened one angle. 
ahead of us other angles that made it look like I said they're off, but I don't know. Keepers have always got their arms up in the box like that. Yeah. Uh, when you've got somebody under your arm, but they didn't have that. Uh... Yeah. I, there was a there was a bit of shock, a bit of a shock though in this game, right? I don't know. Rangers never got a penalty. No. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I didn't need that. They got everyone else. <laughs> well, I know, but. Because they also didn't have like Kedia sent off for like one year in. Because you like, see the, the previous uh, round of games where uh, Hearts were, had a man sent off for actually winning the ball. See what the referee thought he did. That's what Kedia actually did in this game. One year <laughs> in and studs up. and It's a, it's a clear red card and Almir didn't even bother doing anything about it. So Kedia uh, was then on the park to set up the second goal against 10-man Kilmarnock. Who shouldn't have been down to 10 minutes? This is the problem. It's all very good and well, resending the, the red card. Are you going to replay the cup game? No, mm-hmm. because come on, it's still out. So you've, yeah, you've already yeah. made the. You making those bad decisions has already affected things. And we can sit here and say Alan Moore is a poor referee, but um, how come every single decision went in Rangers' favour and against Kilmarnock? I think, to be fair, I spoke to a Kelly fan at work and he said it didn't matter what decisions were made, Kelly were dreadful. Well, we don't the know. Rangers were fully deserving of winning. The penalty well, now and now is a turning point, though. You know. It is. If Kilmarnock won the lot, the game changes entirely. If they get to keep their keeper in the park, the game changes entirely. If Rangers got it into 10 men, the game changes entirely. There's three game-changing decisions there. They all went Rangers' way. Mm-hmm. Just, I want referees to get decisions right at the time because the sending them later on is not going to change results. I mean, it's the same with the Aberdeen one. It's all very good to me. All pulling Al McGregor up and giving them a two-game ban when he should have been sent off in that game and a penalty should have been given and then Aberdeen had a chance to make it 3-3 instead of 4-2. Because mm-hmm. it might make a difference in the course of the season. Yeah, He, he was undecided about the penalty as well. I thought it, was, it would have been the, the soft type if they'd got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see both sides of it. I think Kamar certainly should have the penalty. Um, I'm a wee bit torn about the red card because... Um, I mean, I think Bachman's trying to get a Kamara away from him, but you don't swing the elbow up in the, the face. And I don't know if the pictures will make it worse than what it actually was, but um, I think um, I can understand the red card a wee bit, but I was surprised it got overturned, to be perfectly honest. So um, they must have had a good panel on the Friday. The one thing I would say is that there's a, I think nothing surprises us now. In terms of what's rescinded, what stays. Yeah. I think I think if we think something's not going to get rescinded, it will get rescinded. <laughs> and if we think yeah. the opposite, that's probably what will happen. And it was a Friday as well, so remember what I said, Fridays, everyone think about the pub. Flip a coin, probably. <laughs> they probably never even looked at the videos, they probably just went flip a, flip a coin. <laughs> uh, or rock, paper, like scissors. Pub. Oh, aye, maybe. <laughs> just whatever. Yeah. So. Well, how much your old boys' network the SFA is, it's probably soggy basket. Soggy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we didn't actually. Yeah, moving on. Because nobody actually spoke about Alan Muir's performance because it got completely overshadowed when Steve Clark came out and um, had a press conference after the game mm-hmm. and told us about the abuse he was getting from the Rangers fans. Mm-hmm. The sectarian abuse. Good on and them. Then we've spent. Then we've spent the last 
however many days it's been since that game, talking about sectarian abuse and how people don't understand what sectarianism is and how uh, we should have strict liability to take points off these clubs with our naughty fans. Um, and you know what? Um, Steve Clark is absolutely right about what he says. Um, I want to know why it's taken Steve Clark to come out and say it and the media never says anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to this abuse from... As long as I can remember, it happened long before I was born. Um, well, I, I watched. What, what, I went to see Mary Queen of Scots at the cinema on Saturday, and it was the even back then it was a whole Protestant Catholic thing. Oh, Scotland, so um, it, that shows how society's not moved on. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that was uh, a few hundred years ago. Aye, the, the society thing was so bad that they had to set up separate schools for Catholics to get to protect them from it. Um, incidentally, that is why Catholic schools exist. They don't exist to separate you uh, as if this is some sort of bad thing. They were set up to protect Catholics, not to... Well, it's not as if Catholic schools have this. This is the cause of sectarianism. This was an answer to sectarianism. So um, that whole nonsense of uh, separating the schools is... What is it? Yeah. Nonsense. Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't know what um, what was taught in your school about um, religious education or the rest of it, but I certainly um, in my years at school, and I went to what was known as a Protestant school or um, non-denominational school, however, whatever it's called. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't ever be remember being told um, Protestants are superior to Catholics and all the rest of that nonsense. And I doubt it's the same at the other end, because um, at the end of the day, um, most of it is is probably bred from home and from all these yeah. and, and all this traditionalist crap um, it's it's unac- it was unacceptable um, all these years ago it's even more unacceptable now um, and I think the media are being hypocritical by playing the moral high ground over all oh, this sectarian um, this sectarianism is terrible what's terrible what's happened to Steve Clark see if the media had done their job and report all these avail chants for X amount of years instead of going sweep sweep under the carpet, let's keep ourselves in favour with the old firm, then we might not get the, these things. And it's taken Steve Clark to come out to the firm to do something about it, uh, to, to oh. highlight it. But see, in a couple of weeks, you know, the likes of Tom English and Kenny McIntyre and Graeme Spears and Tam McManus have all been commenting this week about it. See, in a couple of weeks, when the next Rangers chant or the next Celtic chant or Hearts chant, because it's not just Celtic and Rangers. It'll be it'll all be sweep sweep under the carpet. Let's just move on and talk about referees again. Start talking about it every bloody week. The sort of state of affairs is you'll watch games on TV, and if someone's if you hear a sweary word, they'll apologise. See if they started apologise if I started apologising for all the songs. Yeah, ninety minutes. I'm sorry, um, and it never even stopped the fans yesterday as well. Yeah, I, I just think and we we spoke about this. We had a good chat on uh, WhatsApp. Um, about this, why is sectarianism not treated the same way as racism in sports football? Precisely, the words out of my mouth there. You know, racism's highlighted all the time, and rightly so. Um, but sectarianism is the same thing, except the difference is you're proje- prejudicing someone's religion rather than colour. Why is it just football? That's the other problem I have with yeah. it. I mean, football, society, football is, is an yeah. obvious outlet for sectarianism mm-hmm. um, because you do have the the football divides and everything becomes a stick to beat your opposition with. Um, but there are problems in society. I mean, we had the recent case, uh, the Orange March gone past a, a 
Catholic Church and spitting at the priest. Um, so, mm-hmm. but that, that's nothing to do with football whatsoever. So the, the the problems exist in society, and that's what needs to be addressed. It's not. Yeah. The, 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 they like to come out and say that uh, that football is this massive big problem when it comes to sectarianism, and it's it, it's where it's seen visibly as the problem. It's not as a football itself is the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like on this with the racism thing uh, in football, obviously there was a big campaign and all that, and still going. And it was it wasn't a case of racism; it stopped in society. It's just that in football, it wasn't maybe getting held as much, whereas it's creeped its way back in again just now. Sectarianism has never been away from Scottish football. There's never been a time where a weekend where it's not there's not any chance, mm-hmm. is there? No, I think as long as there's been Scottish football, there's been some form of sectarianism somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. Of course there has. So, the, has. what I would say on the back of Clark's comments, um, and I've not seen many other, I've, I've seen that, uh, obviously we've heard what Gerard said about it, um, from our point of view, being an Aberdeen fan, uh, McInnes, certainly, on Aberdeen's uh, website, he certainly came out and was backing Steve Clark, and he said, growing up in Paisley, He's obviously grown up with it. Um, and again, he was saying it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But what we do need is more and more people, more and more managers, more people in the game, whoever it is, media, um, the authorities, managers, players, yeah. all coming out and saying stuff. The, the problem is, and the society thing and the, the football thing, at times it does go in hand it does go hand yeah. in hand. If you look at the other incidents, like the racist incidents, the, the, the coin throwing and different things like this, mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the, the other problem the, is the, the sectarianism. Aye, there's too I, I many hypocrites as I well. There's a lot of clubs. There's a lot of clubs, obviously, that uh, will have. It's not just Rangers and Celtic. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Just the, the, they're more. There's more cases with those yeah. clubs because of because mm-hmm. of the fan base and yeah, that's rivalry. Yeah. What you want to call it? Because mm-hmm. you know what it's like, Chris. If one supports uh, Wales, the other one will support England or whatever, whatever country it was. As long as there's a rival, one team will take the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, well, it just more needs to be done in general. There, yeah. there was talk. I mean, how many years ago? Um, probably before the podcast was on, there was talk of points deductions and all that type of thing. Yeah, the strict liability aspect. Of it, nothing ever happened. Yeah, nothing um, ever was. And this was the argument I heard somewhere. I, I think I think I was talking to someone. The problem is that Rangers and Celtic build Scottish football. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of strict liability for two reasons. One, I don't think the I don't think the clubs should be punished in a footballing aspect for the behaviour of their own fans. Um, I think th- there needs to be a limit on what the strict liability punishment should be. I don't want to see points deductions. Close stands. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. That's that absolutely. The uh, the other problem I've got with it is I don't think people actually understand sectarianism in this country because there's things get bandied about saying oh this is sectarian and that's sectarian and this is it's, it's, it becomes a a catch-all word mm-hmm. for anything you don't like. Yeah. Um. So actually, some people will brand something sectarian when actually it's just some feeling of Irish culture, which a lot of people are proud of in this country their, their, their Irish heritage. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd see, there was one tweet I was doing around of, oh, I, I can't believe that uh, Celtic and Rangers are allowed to do this, and they were comparing Rangers and their orange top, which I'm really, I don't understand beyond the obvious connotation, mm-hmm. or the uh, 
the Celtic cross or the Celtic cross, sorry, that's on the Celtic uh, white kit this season. Mm-hmm. So, well, the cross was on Celtic's badge the very first game they ever played back in 1888. It's, it's, it is part of Celtic's heritage. It's not. There's nothing sectarian about a Celtic cross. I don't know why that's getting bun- bumped in by the orange jersey that Rangers have got. I mean, if someone wants to explain to me why Rangers are wearing an orange jersey well, that isn't the obvious suggestion, yeah. then please feel free to educate me because I'm all ears. Yeah, absolutely. To be, absolutely, totally yeah. agree about that because, you know, rain, I mean, I, it's all well, Dave King, coming out and condemning um, the sectarianism. Yeah, that that's all well and I uh, hope you stick to your word on that. But there's been instances where Rangers have cashed in on this type of thing with the orange strips and the, the orange uh, tribute day at the, the Scottish Cup final in 2000 because the Dutch players in Zach Advocat. What would have been the case if Dick Advocat was Nigerian and they, he brought Nigerian players in? Would they have had a green day at that Cup final? I don't think so. But the other thing I want to say in the Rangers thing, um, I mean, they've made great strides um, signing Catholic players and bringing in Moss Johnson was a big move and, you know, it showed a lot of some. Rangers fans to be idiots, you know, for burner scarves outside that. I rocks up. It's a great barrier to break down, um, and you know, I've had lots of Catholic players since Amaroso, the first Catholic captain, and the rest. Of it. That's all really good, good things. But you still have an instance where Jermaine Defoe, in a couple of times, has went to bless himself and held back from doing it. Now he's obviously been told not to yeah. bless himself. Just let him bless himself. What is the problem? As long as he can put the ball in the back of it, why should Rangers fans care what he does? Yeah, there's there's obviously still fundamental problems with Catholicism at Rangers, unfortunately. Um, they are they have made great strides, and I, I totally agree that Graham Souness, um more than anybody, did a lot of work to eradicate that at Rangers. Um, the signing of Mo Johnson being the specific one, um, but I mean, he, I think he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's admitted in the past he did that on purpose. He wanted to he wanted to break that that stupid restriction that they put themselves. Um, and so full credit to them for that but there, there is still issues I mean we, we laugh sometimes about things like they don't have green straws at Ibrox but then does anybody does any Celtic fan pick a blue straw or yeah. not um, but there is there, there's, we can laugh at that one I don't really care what colour of straws are at Ibrox the, the fact that a, a player that they've got on a, a contract can't have any um, of his own beliefs on show in front of the, the crowd in case it upsets them. You've still got a problem there then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you think the clubs could do more together, acting together? Absolutely. To I, stop I, it. Not stop it, because it's never going to... Well, I, I, don't, I think as long as we love it, it's not going to stop. Yeah, see, see that's... I'd like to see it. That's another thing that annoys me, John, no disrespect, but... Um, this this whole attitude, oh, you'll never stop it. Well, you definitely won't stop it if that's what we're going to hear all the time. Um, will it ever stop? Maybe, maybe not. But you certainly won't know unless you try. You know, unless you try different things. I know Fergus McCann made a big effort in the in the mid nineties, and I think it did start to edge away from Celtic for a while. And then over the last few years, with the with um certain elements, the pro IRA chanting came in, and that's not right either. I think clubs need to do a lot more and see if it if it comes into strict liability and they do it to just look close stands and then eventually um, if you don't heed the warnings just plays in front of an empty house or an em- yeah. uh, no or like no Celtic fans at, at Parkhead no Celtic Rangers fans at Ibrooks and it's just a handful of Kilmarnock Hibs whatever fans are the way fans don't punish them yeah I mean the you kind of 
hinted at one of the problems I've got with it is that like the 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 pro IRA chanting, which I have absolutely no time for, um, does get lumped in as sectarian, where it's not really. It's a different offensive chant. Um, but there, there, there's a fine line between pro IRA chanting and pro Irish Republican chanting, um, because <laughs> let's face it, when it comes to fighting for freedom, there's very little that doesn't have bloodshed. Um, but there tends to be a recognised acceptance of bloodshed. So, I mean, you can have uh, like Rangers and their displays of uh, listy we forget when it comes to remembrance of all the people that died fighting in wars, and then that's perfectly acceptable because war is terrible and sometimes necessary and all that. But then you get the other end of the scale where you think, you know what, terrorism's awful and why would anybody want to glorify that? Um, so... <laughs> How you go about getting your freedom and and, and killing people is a kind of it's, it's never one I've quite been able to grasp what's acceptable and what isn't. I, like I, I'm not really I'm a bit of a pacifist to be honest. Um, so neither of war in general, which <laughs> given some of the background I've got in my family history is ironic probably. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, so I, I have no problem with Celtic fans expressing Irish republicanism. I have a problem with Celtic fans singing about the IRA because we know the atrocities that they caused and certainly in my lifetime and before. See above all else, fans that, that, are, that are not Rangers and Celtic fans, they, they, it's it's hard to grasp though because Scottish football, I, I know Celtic founded on Irish roots and all that type of thing, etc, etc. But that's the difficulty is why even that comes into football. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Is what does yeah. it have to do with football? I have always been one that prefers to sing about the guys on the park than yeah, so some heroes that went and fought a war somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you can be proud of those people that fought, go and fought a war all you want. I have absolutely no problem with that. But you're there to support a football team. Try to support the guys that are on the park. How hard yeah, is that? You, and that's yeah. to, that to me is where like the likes of the Green Brigade have been absolutely brilliant for Celtic because there's so many different chants for so many different players that have been brought in over the last few years. And because well, when I was, you very rarely had a good chant for a player when I was kind of going to the games more regularly, kind of late nineties, two thousands kind of thing. Like you had, like Larson had about three different songs, but he was an exception. Like. It was always the one John Hartson or one Neil Lennon or one this yeah, or one that. So there's no variety in it. But now, now we've got like Scott Sinclair's logical song. We've got I want to be Edward. Doesn't scan. But it's, it's, you know what? It's good effort for it for the, the, the Stone Roses thing. And then you get like Carl McGregor's got his own song and Stuart Armstrong had his own song and Kieran Tierney's got one. And they're all different tunes to all different words and they're all quite imaginative. And it's there's been a lot brought in that way. And this is what I love. I'm, Sing about the guys on the park. It shouldn't yeah. be that difficult. Yeah, that, that's all. That's how I've always felt. Why, yeah. why, why sing about other teams when you can sing about your own? Yeah, I don't. I know that people go to football for different reasons, but I, we spoke about it before in the podcast. You end up, yeah, if you sing so on the other teams or players, it usually uh, backfires on you. Yeah, well, I think if we're um, gonna. Talk about Celtic Rangers. Might as well bring your own team at this, John. Um, Aberdeen fans had a reputation for singing about the Ibrox disaster, which was utterly atrocious. Um, I th- as far as I'm aware, that's been stamped out. I, f- I can't recall Aberdeen fans singing that for a long time, which is good. 
but one song uh, one song that they need to move on from um and i know it's not classified as um you know if, you know offensive because it is relating to football but it's just distasteful the Ian Durant song um you know singing about his leg breaking I personally think it's um there's no need for it you know c- celebrating someone and having a career threatening injury but see above all it was 30 odd years ago move on get over it sick of the Ian yeah, Durant song yeah I've never signed it I've had arguments with people oh. about um those that have signed it um they couldn't respect it I didn't want it to sing that I don't understand why they sing it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the worst arguments you have are with fans of your own club. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether there's, you get it to the likes of, obviously, Chris Shiller being a, a fair amount of Celtic game season tickle and all that. Do you see people calling out each other for sectarian chants? <laughs> I've, I've nearly had a fight or two myself for that very reason. Uh, <laughs> I'm genuinely interested. There was a game up in Inverness. My dad had to stop me getting punched. <laughs> I thought this was years ago because I was arguing with a guy over what he was singing. And I eventually managed to avoid it myself by starting a song about Celtic. My point, as I was making earlier, I talked about the guys that were in the park. Um, and we kind of shook it out and moved on. So it was, it was good. But I nearly got a punch up for that one. Um, but... I can't say I've really seen too many people saying stop singing that at any game. So it's, it tends to be either people just go into their shell and don't sing at all and don't join in, or they'll sing what they want. Um, and it's certainly, it has always been the case that the away fans tend to sing stuff they probably shouldn't more than the home fans. You, you tend not to hear that much at Celtic Park that's of objectionable taste. Um, away games, it can be a different matter. Yeah, but then you're you're on supporters' buses. You're a bit tanked up at times, um, so I'm I'm not really surprised that's the case. But it's not an excuse. Yeah, but the problem is, um, in in the stands, is that you've you've got shares who are on pretty much minimum wage. They're they're not going to think it's worth their while trying to stop someone from saying the song because there's a few of the pals jump in and their um, you know, their job becomes twenty times harder. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, well, have a, they'll have a go at you for standing up. I know, um, although they've kind of uh, given up at that um, at times. Sure. But the police don't um, have the numbers yeah. either to to cope with, it. and th- so this is where probably strict liability would be a good thing. But I do agree with you, Chris. I don't think it should go to the realms of point deduction at at this stage. I think it should. I think closing the stadiums or stands for X amount of games would be a suitable punishment because yeah. I bet it would affect Celtic Rangers players. Um, and I'm not sorry to go on about those two examples, but they are the main two. Um, it would affect them having no vocal away support. Like, for example, Rangers are, fans are not happy that they're only getting 2,000 um, at Petaudry, but that's because of a safety aspect. But Aberdeen could have been well within the rights to say um, you're not getting any fans this weekend because of the seats that were ripped up at the last game at Petaudry, the 4-2 game. So um, could you imagine had they had no fans there? That would affect the players, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. And if you do this with the chanting, um, you know, and it doesn't just go to Celtic Rangers. If Hearts fans are continuously singing um, sectarian songs and abuse at um, Hibs players that are anti-Catholic, um, then I'm sure the same would apply to them. Same with Hibs, same with every other team. Like, and I include my own team with that because Aberdeen fans are certainly no angels, as we've just discussed. All, all, all clubs have got their, their element. I mean, I, I, again, going to Kilmarnock, talking to a Kelly fan, he was saying he would rather they didn't sing We Are The Kelly Boys in terms of the, the connotations. 
intolerance. It has to be. I hate to use the term because it got tainted with that stupid law, but offensive singing, offensive behaviour. That to me, the the, the offensive behaviour at football act was a ridiculous uh, bit of legislation. But it had a point, but it should have been done within football itself. So yes. you can, if you're if you're yeah. singing offensive songs, you can. Keep, the problem with the OBFA was it was trying to target individual people and as you said already stewards aren't interested police don't take action against big crowds because they can't they don't have the numbers to do it so the only way to actually deal with offensive singing which is usually done by a bigger crowd uh, is to deal with shutting stands and let football deal with itself because that will eradicate that aspect the society aspect of it has to be dealt with outside of football yeah and the obfa didn't touch that so that's a, a yeah it's a nil by mouth campaign i know they go into schools um, but probably it's good getting kids, obviously, because getting them early, hopefully they learn. But we've spoken about the they'll learn a lot of this at home. Maybe it should be more done to educate adults. But then when adults get stuck in their views, it's very hard to change them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's for anything. Mm-hmm. So we should probably move on because we, we probably could speak about this far. Yeah. Ages, because I think we're all quite passionate about the, the subject. But this is a problem. Talk about actual events. Yeah, I am, I am sick to death this season of talking about offensive chants and singing and referees and just everything but the football itself. I want to get back to talking about good football. Um, because I, mean, I sat on Friday night and sat and watched the Dundee Hibs game. Great game of football. Loved watching it. And we're now... An hour in this podcast, we haven't even mentioned it yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably the great. I mean, I'd say actually, maybe as an adult, it's probably one of the best, most entertaining seasons I've been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, maybe since I mean, the nineties. Like we have, we've reached the point now that Kilmarnock have kind of dropped away, having been top of the league around about Christmas time. Um, but we've still got. Rangers and Aberdeen kind of chasing Celtic down. Um, more so Rangers and Aberdeen, but yeah. it's not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> but for, I mean, for months we've had, uh, it's been very close. We've, we've got a decent battle at the bottom of the league as well now. Yeah, Hamilton are kind of in a bit of a slide, but Dundee and St Mirren seem to be getting their act together at times. Yeah, St Mirren, they're, they're going to do it for me. I must admit, this crossed my mind when I was watching the, the game how badly Dundee were defending. I thought... Maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. Still, still having that problem. Whereas St Mirren have yeah. now two games together where they've actually played really well. Yeah. And yep. it's not against rubbish. They've been playing Aberdeen in the Hearts. Yeah. So. Yep. Two sides we could Or oh, possibly, though, it's been. They've, no ad, they've gone into the game probably with low expectations in a way. Mm-hmm. In terms of a point would be a good result. Yeah. Whereas they can't afford to do that when they play other teams. Well, they're they playing. To pick up some yeah. kind of win. Well, they're playing Livingston at home at the weekend, and I think they've got to target three points, given that Dundee are away to Rangers and Hamilton's away to Aberdeen. And all yeah. right, you never know with results because obviously St. Man came to um, ourselves and got a point recently. And our home form's not been great, but you've got to. Um, they must be looking at those games thinking, well, surely Hamilton Dundee won't pick anything up, um, and Livingston and. They only halted their slide at the weekend there, but they've not been in great form this calendar year. So I think Simon will have to look at that game and say, this must be three points. And if they yeah. get three points, down to one point with, um, you know, between what we're saying, only a couple of weeks ago it was six. So that would be a good um, bit of improvement yeah. for Simon. The beauty of this uh, is the fact of 
everyone is playing for something just now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no one that's not playing for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, we, we, yeah. I mentioned it earlier that, that I was convinced Mullerwell were going to finish ninth, and they've called themselves back into that chase for the top six, mm-hmm. along with Wivington and Hibs. They're all in there, St Johnston as well. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're all going for that final spot, effectively, because it's going to have Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, uh, Kilmarnock, and probably Hearts in the top six. So it's a case of which one of those others is going to get the top six spot. It'll be interesting to see what happens once we get into the spot, mm-hmm. because I think four of those teams are going to chuck it. Yeah, <laughs> Merrin don't play midweek though, do they? No, they they, uh, no, they were supposed to, they were supposed to be playing midweek, but they rearranged that because both themselves and Livingston went out of the cup. Yeah, no, it's uh, a good move. Play it Saturday at three o'clock instead of yeah. Well, more chance. It's nice, to, it's nice to have one game at Saturday at three o'clock because none of the Scottish Cup games are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we've about, went down the FA Cup route with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. It's a bit ridiculous the fact that we've got four cup games and the first one gets played at five fifteen this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, Titan. Aye, that's it. When all four uh, games are on television, which is, is good for us, for the, the, the armchair viewer, that if you've got your 15 subscriptions you need for Scottish football these days. Um, but it's, it's it's a bit disappointing that <laughs> none of them are three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. See, if, if, if we're talking about probably the bottom end of the table, basically start with St Mirren, they, they certainly look a, a lot better organised than what they have early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. They played really well against Aberdeen and took their chances well. Um, and we're, arguably, uh, Aberdeen uh, were, were lucky to get a, a draw out of that game at times. Uh, okay, they might have been lucky not to win it. Uh, but in this game, I think St Murn rode their luck a little. Uh, I don't know how Tanji stayed in the park after his challenge in Dick and Mona. Yeah, um, which brings us on to another subject. Yes, the Twitter spat between Dick and Mona and McGinn. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. apparently Dick Mona uh, doesn't get the joke about Lee Wallace, which uh, apparently everybody else in the world does because BBC Fit didn't feel the need to explain it in an article. Um, to be fair, I don't think he was playing Scottish football at that time, yeah. so <laughs> why would he? But aye, uh, McGinn, the former Hibs player, uh, former St Mirren player, as well, yeah, was teasing the Hearts player uh, and just with uh, the one word of grass. When he pointed out the video of the the, the shocking challenge, um, <laughs> I, I do think Tanji got away with one there because that should be a red card. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, I, I mean, they had an own goal, which is an equaliser in this game, which I've absolutely no idea how what Claire was doing. Um, I think he was marking his own man, and then it just happened <laughs> over in the goal. Yeah. Uh, I don't, who was he marking? I don't get that. Maybe he was marking the goalkeeper. <laughs> or who uh, Claire? Aye. I think well, I think the uh, sports team touched on it in terms of that he didn't actually follow his man. If he'd potentially followed his man, then Berra or whoever else it was would have played out with it. Yeah. But in the way, and then did he know where he was? Yeah, he seemed pretty clueless there, and um, just sums up his luck because it's not, apart from a couple of games against Livingston and Kilmarnock, he's not really done it since he's came up here. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the other instance in this game maybe went a wee bit against it more than that because there was one, there was a free kick at the edge of the box which was literally the edge of the box they weren't sure whether it was inside or outside um, it looked to me like it could have been on the line and if it's on the line it's a penalty mm-hmm. it's given as a free kick um, but there was another, like, again, Dekamora who got heart school in the, the, the opener of the, the game, mm-hmm. um, he nearly put a ball in his own net as well, yeah, it took yeah. a great save to keep it out mm-hmm. so, for, back back for a bit of luck 
Yeah, I mean, for us, we've had a bit of luck. They might have, they might have ended up winning it on two own goals, which would have been ridiculous. I, I felt sorry yeah. for um, um, Colin Doyle. Um, I know he made an absolute howler, but um, last week he's had a good run of form and he was playing well in that game, and it just seemed a bit harsh dropping for one bad bad mistake. Um, but Zamal made a good save at the end to preserve Hearts points, um, which would have been a second on goal. Um, but I thought the boy McAllister looked good again for St. Murn. You know, we talked about. Hamill, the impact he was making, how yeah. big a loss he was going to be, but McAllister looks as though um, he's going to be the um, potential match winner in tight games, and he, he looks pretty impressive. Should have, maybe that one that he put around, around the post, he should have squared it to whoever was unmarked, but he was probably thinking he's right to have a go as well, he was unlucky. But he's going to be a big player, I think. Ah, he's already shown to be a, a kind of good player, he's, he's going to get better with games as well. Yeah. Knows the club as well because obviously he was there before he went down south. Yeah, but it's that wee bit of trickery where maybe young naivety in a way sometimes helps. Yeah, but going back to Dundee on Friday night, um, I thought um, Gasonga again at the back. Um, I've never been impressed with that boy at all. He's just he was so easily shrugged off at the first goal and the second goal. Mm-hmm. His position was pretty poor. He just. Mm-hmm. Isn't a defender that fills your confidence, and then the goalkeeper makes a flap at um, Malin shot for the the fourth goal. Um, but credit uh, Habs, they did uh, very well. I don't, I don't think the goalkeeper was especially great in the third goal either. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think he, he probably could have done better with Malin's goal. Um, I mean, the 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 real highlight for me in this game was the first equaliser though, because um, Scott Wright seemed to beat about fifteen Habs players in the run. <laughs> um, and they still ended up getting a great ball into McGowan, and what a flick! Yeah. He's only scored twice this season, apparently, and both of them were against Hibs. McGowan's one of those players, I think, that's not really done with his, with his career, but he could have. No. I agree. Mm-hmm. No, because, I mean, he, he start, obviously started at Celtic, so I, I remember him in those days, but um, it's just, I suppose it's hard to be restrictive when you've got a curfew. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was OK, it's a man, but he hasn't really yeah. kicked him with Dundee for me. Um, Scott Wright was a wee bit Lucky to stay on the part where he's like, um, little flip with the knee at the end. Um, wonder if the compliance officer will do something about that. It just depends what interpretation of the rules the referee follow this week. Um, and um, Milligan was lucky not to concede a penalty um, with Groplin in the box at 0 0. I thought McNulty was rather lucky to stay in the park as well. Was not? Yeah, yeah, the wee kick out um, as he was falling on the floor. Yeah, because yeah. Scott McKenna gets sent off for something similar. Uh huh. So that's I think that's that's another one that the compliance officers might be looking at. But uh, so yeah, this game had a bit of everything. It was it was entertaining to watch. Obviously, Friday I like I do what I like a Friday night football game right enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's. I mean, when you consider McNulty, I got two of the goals in this game. I mean, there was two times that uh, Kenny Miller put the ball in it as well. I think the first one was really tight for offside. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was spot on. Don't yeah. argue that one. But the first one, I, I think it might have been a bit harsher. I think it was level. I think he was but. just off, but it's a tight, tight call. Um, I, I don't think it's like a glaring, um, obvious one. Like, for example, when Rangers got the winner against Hearts, was blatantly offside and yeah. gave onside. Um, it was just touch and go. So you can give the, uh, the assistant a bit of um, credit there. Um, yeah. We've we, we, we we even had an incident that the sprinklers going off in the middle of this game, which is always good fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, I'd have one. Yeah. Hamilton, if we're speaking about... Back in the race for the top sets. Huh. 
30 points um, we, <laughs> <laughs> we've got <laughs> six games to go to split mm, I think it's mathematically impossible <laughs> what is that? so it's 24 points they've got to make up in six games by what? top six by hips you said St Mern you said St Mern did I say St Mern in a minute but yeah Hibs have got a decent shout at the top six compared to St Mern definitely they're in it at the moment um, yep. I think they're starting to have a wee bit of form again McNulty's looking good um, I think Camberry's getting close to being back to his best as well so um, well, he helps having someone beside him that's so clever as McNulty he's a good link up there yeah yeah, I mean it's a massive game in midweek. Uh, they're away at St Johnson, so uh, that's a team they're certain level on points with at the moment. Head and goal difference, so that'll be a really interesting one to see how that goes. Out. Yeah. Uh, St Johnson, right enough, are a bit of solid form. Um, they've not exactly had the greatest of uh, fixture lists recently, mm. playing Celtic fifteen times, but um, <laughs> uh, and they were at home at Aberdeen, and Aberdeen looked pretty good. A couple of shiny goals. Tough game for us. Very tough game. I mean, full credit to what? Graham Sherry for the, the two finishes. I mean, the first one was nice, but the second one was even better. See, yeah, I, I think shinny has got that in him. I, I think he's got that in him. He should be scoring more goals for me because um, he's shown a few times he's got a good dig on him, but he's also not as consistent. But yeah, he took them very well. Um, John, you go what you were going to say, sorry. Sir. Uh, yeah, just in the week that uh, McGinn, well, sorry, not McGinn, Mackay Stephen and Shinny have had a, a fair bit of stick. Or was it because of the ongoing contract saga? That was the way to shut up the critics from Shinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see, I see he came um, out and saying be patient with me because it's a big decision, so you just got to try and take him face value. But you know, I'll repeat what I said last week. I still believe that if he was definitely going to stay, he'd have signed by now. Um, but I hope he proves me wrong. Um, the same with Kai Stephen, but we'll wait and see. Although yeah, McLean had been the, the team was good. I, I, think the, I think the problem that Shani's got is he is getting on a bit. He needs to think about what he's going to do for his future. Um, but I think with all that in mind, he really likes being at Aberdeen. I, I, I really get that impression. I think he would, if Aberdeen could offer him the, the money that he, he could do with, to kind of see his final sort of big contract, then he would, it would be a no-brainer. He would stay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is that if he can get a big money move somewhere then he might have to take it just for his own yeah. future. Um, I think it'll come down to whether they go somewhere and plays. Yeah, I think that'll have a, a, a bit of a, a say in it as well because he's obviously captain of Aberdeen at the moment, which is a, a good place to be. But um, yeah, it'd be disappointing if he left Aberdeen, certainly from your perspective. Mm-hmm. I, this game could have been different um, at one point because I think St. Mar- uh, St. Mar- <laughs> every time St. Johnston. <laughs> I think they had the post at one point. I think it was a deflection of Devlin. It was at one nil at the time. If that had gone yeah. in one eight, it could have been a different story. But um, again, sometimes you need a bit of luck in these games to to get you the result. Yeah, there was more glaring yeah, chance at the start when Nob to kick the ball when it was headed back in, and it just needs someone to get a decent touch. Yeah. It's one nil, and it's a different game then. But um, but for us, you no, know, we equaled a club record of seven consecutive away wins in all competitions. So, um, but. And in order to beat it, we've got to go to Celtic on Saturday. Saturday. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a home form, you need to sort out, because you've obviously got two massive games at home this week. Yeah. Yeah, you would expect us to win against Hamilton, but then we were expected to beat St Martin, but obviously the Scottish Cup ties a biggie, um, for obvious reasons. So, um, But then again, 
we did win in the last cup game against Stranger, so who knows? Um, it's certainly not much between the sides. Good record against them last season as well. What's that, sorry? Good record against them last season as well. Yeah. Uh, most in Glasgow, though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. We've won the two yeah. times in Glasgow against them, but we've only picked up one point for the two league games at Pathology, so let's hope those roles reverse this week. Maybe maybe then it all counts to a, a draw and then win the replay. Bit by Brooks. Maybe. Uh, so uh, the last of the, the Saturday games, Livingston and uh, <laughs> it's Aldo put it on the Twitter. Uh, the El Plastico, uh, the spaghetti had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't much to write home. Livingston scored again from yet another throw in. Um, yeah, Kamara hit the pass three that. times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was, when your lock's out, your lock's out. I think in Kamara's case, that was the lock was well and through, right? Yeah. You don't just hit the bar three times. The third one was just an absolute rocket. It just, mm-hmm. I don't know how it went. I didn't, never, maybe hit it too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, that's the worrying thing for Kamarnock is that's seven games without a win. So, the, all that, what I said earlier, all the talk of the, the title race, they're now, what, 17 points behind Celtic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and four behind ourselves for third place. Um, yeah, they've had a fairly tough run as well in terms of who they've played. With the they have. Mm-hmm. They, they've had a lot of fixtures against top half teams. Yeah. Yeah, well, they've had... probably the worrying thing is the goals. They, they're not scoring goals. Yeah, well, they've had Rangers twice. At least twice. if you're losing, you feel like you're competing in scoring. Yeah, it's not maybe quite as bad, but hard to basic thing for Kilmarnock. Yeah, hard, hard to beat, and then mm-hmm. see what it takes. Yeah, well, they've I had... kind of wonder whether the losing um, Greg Stewart was a big blow for them. As well, I kind of thought it might be when it happened that. Um, mm-hmm. Aberdeen, well, obviously, wasn't directly Aberdeen devastated up, but. Uh, I had that recall, and then maybe it against Celtic and went to Aberdeen instead. It wasn't great for Kilmarnock. So, no. um, it seems to have broken him a bit. I think Brophy getting himself injured at the time as well. Yeah, um, that so that's just right. That's just right. First um, all season, I think they've really struggled without um, Brophy in particular. Um, but the two of them were a, a terrific partnership. Um, obviously, it's good for us that we get Stuart, and although he's not scored much, he's certainly um, been effective since he's come with. But Kilmarnock have just really struggled. Um, but yeah, no creativity. Yeah, and Jones is too inconsistent. I think. Yeah, he's been poor since that Rangers game. We also made the big statement that um, you know he's you know he was still putting all his all for Kilmarnock. He scored that goal against Rangers, um, but since then he's been pretty poor from what I've seen. I mean, obviously Al's will be able to tell us a bit more, but um, I, he's just not been good enough, and maybe he's got that move firmly back in his mind now that Kilmarnock aren't doing as well which is I hope that's not the case and he does get back to form um, for Kilmarnock's sake um, Livingston's first one of 2019 yeah a welcome one back to basics for them uh, I mean, obviously Livingston were such a great start to the season after they, they changed manager very quickly um, I think they're, they're now probably looking at that it's good that they got a point on the board when they did because they're, they're not going to get caught by the likes of Dundee and Hamilton and you wouldn't think um, stranger things have happened but um, they'll certainly be glad they've got that and getting three points um, off Kilmarnock was a, a good result the, the home form is certainly going to be the, the thing that keeps them in the, the top flight this season I think because yeah. nobody seems to like play there even like Celtic have dropped points there, the Rangers have lost it. 
Aberdeen won just, won. Um, just after yeah. Christmas. You, you, you guys are always the, the complete opposite of everything, aren't you? It was the same last season. It was like, come on, up with 10 points off Celtic and Rangers and just could not get touch Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah. We just like playing away from home. Suits our game better. Yeah. But I've seen uh, with regards to Livingston change of managers, obviously, um, the manager that took them up, David Hopkin, um, left because he thought he could do something better. He went to Bradford and he's resigned today. Or oh, on Mondays we record this. So today, yesterday, tomorrow. Aye. Whatever you want to say. Maybe you won the Leicester <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think seven wins from thirty-four games or whatever it is um, is oh, going well. to endear him to the um, Leicester City board or the Celtic board when they uh, when Brendan Rodgers goes to Leicester. Aye. <laughs> uh, so Sunday uh, games would uh, start at Hamilton. I don't think there was much to say about this game, to be honest, Rangers were great. <laughs> start at Hamilton, except Hamilton didn't start until 45 minutes. Aye, uh, I mean, like uh, Gerard said it himself, that the, the difference was night and day between the, the 90 minutes against St. Johnson and the 45 minutes he got in the first half against Hamilton. Uh, I mean, it was, but there was two goals separated for about a minute. Yeah. Uh, the Defoe get the his his was, his was the second of the goal. So, um, but yeah, it was good finish for Jack as well for his goal. Um so yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about this because we've, we've been talking for ages um, and there's very little controversy. Even the penalty was a penalty. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was a penalty. Gordon was complaining about. No, no, I think um, it was a, a stonewall penalty that time. I think we might as well balance this out. And uh, Rangers have scored five goals um, in the in the last two game, five goals in each of the last two games. You know, and they've not probably not had that much credit for it because of the the whole other aspects with the sectarianism and the the pen the refereeing and the um and Wednesday but you know Alfredo Morello shows how important it was in the cup tie, four goals, he was outstanding. But then the question is could they cope well because they didn't against St Johnson? Well five different goal scorers at Hamilton suggested they possibly could, um and they did play well. The flip side is Hamilton were so bad defensively. I mean yeah. the, I mean the the second goal, um, Defoe's one, three of the back four are stepping up and the number two, don't know his name, is standing six yard box <laughs> playing on one side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they knew what to do because at one one point they're sitting off far too deep and then last minute they're trying to press it and it just, they just didn't look like they didn't have a clue. Yeah. But to be fair to Hamilton, they've picked up on their legs with the exception of that game. Yeah, just not this game. Aye, it's, um, um, like, uh, I mean, the, the credit for Rangers here is that um, earlier in the season, their away form was a bit of a, a struggle at times. And one of the places they did struggle, although they eventually won 4-1, was at Hamilton. Um, because they were 1-0 up in that game for ages. I think they could play back to one each at one point, yeah. And then it just kind of ran away from Hamilton at the end. Um, so they kind of lost a couple of those goals in injury time and stuff. So the 4-1 kind of papered over the cracks. Including a couple of penalties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Standard. Uh, but in this case, Rangers ran away with it. Absolutely deserved their, their thumping win. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The only controversial aspect of this game was, was our, good, our good friend Warrell again. Um, well, he seemed to get away with a high boot. Yeah. Which um, I'm, I'm surprised Rangers aren't calling for a red card for it, actually, because it looked very similar to what happened in the Kamarnock game for a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this time it wasn't even a penalty. It mm-hmm. should have been. I mean, I mean, yeah. For me, it's a penalty and a booking. Um, yeah. 
But I'm on Remember, the clubs only want consistency if it suits their own team. Aye, exactly. I just want consistency and fairness and all that. What was it, Jim Trainer? That goes for that goes for all teams. Aye, so aye. It's, uh, but aye, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, even that would have happened. It would have been four 0 if come up. If Hamilton score it, then it's four one. So I don't think it would affect the result. But you still have to call these things out. Yeah, you mentioned Jim Trainer um, there. That obviously brings us back to the BBC versus Rangers. Um, um, tat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we when we spoke last week about it, we hadn't watched the the report in Scotland's um, edition of um, the BBC side of things, and it was just a lot of nonsense. To be perfectly honest, I think the two of them just need to set that, it off. John, come on, don't be good all the time. I've got to be consistent. Let it out. <laughs> just let it out. You're among friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's just yeah, it's, childish it's, 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 nonsense. It's, it's just childish nonsense. Or childish nonsense. Yeah. Aye, that's what it is. Yeah, we've, we've said before. I mean, I, I have, I actually have no problem with people banning particular people, like clubs banning particular people for the the, the press conferences. Because to be honest, it's their press conference. If they want to say you can't come in, that's their choice. Yeah, and um, I'd be banning Chris well, McLaughlin everywhere, but that's another issue. Yeah, Sorry, Chris. Well, <laughs> but the. The 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 part for this that I don't like is the fact that the BBC, fair enough, have gone to bat for them. Their man, if you're not going to talk to Chris McLaughlin, you're not going to talk to any of us. Fair enough. Why are the SPFL not criticising uh, BBC on a weekly basis for not doing their job? This is part of their contract. Mm-hmm. You get a contract to cover the SPFL, do it. You're not doing it properly. Yeah. You should be punished for it. You should be penalised. There should be penalties. If we know anything about the authorities, they fail to make decisions. Yeah. Oh, if, if they can avoid it, the benefit of our game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. If they get to the point that the BBC actually grow up and start behaving, then they can go and complain to the SPFL, and the SPFL can deal with Rangers banning the BBC man. Maybe that's the way it should be dealt with. We choose to send Chris McLaughlin to Ibrox and because you're SPFL members and SFA members, you should be part of your contract. You can't pick and choose who goes in when the, the broadcasting contract. Yeah, problem solved. Exactly, because it's not as if BBC don't have a um, shortage of journalists to go. I mean, Al Lamont can go, Brian McLaughlin could go, Tom yep. English could go. Any you of them get could one go. of the people from the new BBC Scotland. Yeah. Because former Rangers players don't mind going on BBC, like Kenny Miller's um, a regular, Neil McCann's a re- um, regular, Barry Ferguson was a regular for a while until he started <laughs> doing the thing with Peter and Ruffy. Um, so, you know, just grow up. Um, yeah, for for a, for a company that doesn't seem to uh, have cooperation with Rangers, they go out, of bat, out to bat for them quite a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we spoke about the link with the Derek McInnes last year and who the cheerleader was. Aye, uh-huh. I've already mentioned Mister McLaughlin. There's a few cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. That's Boyd. Yeah. yeah, but you expect Barry, it. Of Alex expect... Ray, Lee McCulloch, Barry Ferguson. There's a recurring theme. The nine, the nine, in, the nine in a row. Aye. Put my finger on it. Mm. Funny that. Yeah. <laughs> so Celtic, mother well. Aye. Aye, the final game of the weekend. Um, before I get money about it, I, I wanted to single out Ewan Henderson for praise. This was his first start. He's come on as a sub previously. Um, his brother Liam, who used to play for Celtic, now plays in Italy. Um, and he was absolutely brilliant. 
all reports I was reading about him, there was people singing his praises, he had a cracking ball in for the Edward goal, the first Edward goal. Um, it just had a really good game in midfield, and this was the first time in about 12 months that Cal McGregor hasn't played in a Celtic game. Um, it's his run in the, the Celtic team has been absolutely phenomenal. So something like 60 games he's played in a calendar year. Um, so uh, there's some sort of injury. They're not given too much detail of it. Um, so I've no idea. We thought he was just getting a rest, but uh, I, the the press conference suggested it was an injury of some kind. So I don't know how injured. Um, hopefully Is he not injured. Uh, I think so. I haven't seen him in a while. But I, I mean, he gave he gave Henderson. We've talked about Brendan Rodgers giving youth a chance. He gave Henderson a chance in this game, and, and he took it well. And he, he's played really well. And uh, it's good to see another one coming through the ranks. So, um, yeah, full credit to him for that. Um, as far as the, the, the Celtic goals go, um, lovely finish with Sinclair for the first one, Edward Tedder for the second one's brilliant, but surpassed that with his free kick, uh, the third one, and then Ollie Burke came off the bench to get the, the fourth goal. All great goals. Um, Celtic were pretty much in control of this game for most of it, until Ryan Christie got injured. Um, he yeah. tried to play on. And then uh, he couldn't play on, so Chris Iyer kicked the ball out of play so that he could go off and get uh, Jack Henry ready as a sub. Um, so when he went off, Motherwell took the throw in and gave it back to Celtic. Except nobody told the boy Scott. <laughs> and he that's good, up, that's Greg's goal on the weekend, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah, Greg loved it. Greg, it was funny, <laughs> that, it was funny following the game on Twitter because it was basically... Moaning after moaning after moaning, because unsurprisingly, I follow mostly Celtic fans. <laughs> it was just moan, moan, moan about how unsportsmanlike Motherwell had been for uh, taking the throw in that we'd been putting out to get a, a breaking play so we could get treatment for our injured player. Uh, Motherwell then took the throw in, kept it, and although they didn't score directly from the first shot, uh, they had the, the, the rebound was put in the net, which is our first goal because you domestically in 2019. Um, and and then we had Stephen Robinson coming out and telling us, oh, he's just a boy. It's like, well, how's that an excuse? Because even when I was a boy, I know you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you give the throw back. Um, and to be honest, I don't even think Scott's the one that's got the problem because when you watch the replay, um, Grimshaw takes the throw in and it, he throws it back towards Celtic. When, so he's done what he's supposed to do. He's giving it back Scott seems to just run after it pick up but he looks around as if am I supposed to be doing this are we playing on we'll give it back so he doesn't he doesn't actually know so he keeps going I think there's a bit of a he should know what he's doing but at least he's questioning it and he then takes a shot and Bain parries it out meanwhile the boy who scores it has burst a gut to get into this position to score <laughs> <laughs> he seems to be getting off scot free yeah, Scott Free. I see what you did there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's completely unsportsmanlike. Um, I've seen people suggest it's cheating. It's not cheating. It's not against the rules. It's just one of these unwritten rules. You give the ball back to whoever had possession after you've done it. And it happened in the Valencia game. I was at the other week. So it's just it's frustrating because it meant we'll never get back to the game and the game they weren't really in. Um, and if, if they'd done what has been done previously in other games where this has happened, they'd have actually Celtic got a part and just put a ball in there and made it 3-1. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean seeing that instant, um, it was game involving Stevie Crawford because he'd just signed for Plymouth. Um, a Yovo player boots the ball towards the um, Plymouth goalkeeper, but 
instead of the goalkeeper put it in the net so they let Stevie Crawford walk from the halfway line to make it 1-1 um, yes, and, <laughs> and that, is, that was a complete accident there was yeah. no way he meant to chip the keeper for six years <laughs> Yeah, but, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a case of sorry, we didn't mean that. Go and equalise, it's fine. But do you remember? Um, do you remember when something similar to what happened at Parkhead happened in an Arsenal versus Sheffield United Cup tie? It was um, Canu was the <laughs> one that played the ball into Overmars to make it two one. Sheffield United are going off their nut because their player um, was received, had been receiving treatment. They put the ball out for it, and Arsenal at the end of the game says, "Right, we'll offer to replay the game." Obviously, this will not need replay because Celtic win won the game comfortably anyway. But you know, it just makes you think it should just the referee should be the one that says right, let's look have a drop ball, just an old contested drop ball, and just take it from there. Um, because I mean, it was obvious that Ryan Chris was injured, that's why Celtic put, put the ball out. But you have seen instances where teams do take the piss out it um, by yeah. you know just someone just acts injured goes down put the ball at the place 1-0 going into injury time let's just waste more time um, but that definitely wasn't the case here because there was like 40 odd minutes to go no I was certainly quite vocal as well and then the Chris the videos vocal. came out of him maybe not uh... yeah the Blackburn one yeah <laughs> <laughs> against Arsenal I think it was so it's okay if it doesn't affect your team. Of course, as always. <laughs> yeah, but so sorry. everybody involved, obviously, I think it's completely outraged. Everybody involved with Willem was going, ah, we don't know what to do. <laughs> or in Greg's case, ha ha, go to season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was funny to read that. Just, uh, that made me laugh in the, when I was scrolling through my timeline. Just Greg's name popping up. <laughs> Ten year contract. <laughs> I think that I. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, Celtic look as though they're just going to stroll in at a stage, although you never know, something could happen in the next couple of weeks and they've got a tough game on Wednesday. Yeah, um, this is the thing. I mean, with Celtic's 100% record at home is fantastic. Um, Motherwell obviously had been in great form going into this game and, and Celtic managed to put four past them. So, great. One of the games at Celtic Park, our away form still isn't great. And now we've got to Tynecastle and that's going to be a tough game because we've lost there already this season. It's always traditionally a difficult place to go. Um, we've got two games in Edinburgh this week and we've been rotting in Edinburgh for about 18 months. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens by the end of this week because obviously we want to keep winning to try and get the, the, the title in the bag at some point. Um, so that'll mean we need to beat Hearts in the league and then there's a crucial Scottish Cup game in the, on Saturday against Hibs at Easter Road. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, you'd have thought, Shouldn't be too much of a problem to beat Hibs because they're a mess. But they already seem to be getting their act together a bit more now on their hacking bottom. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's probably their first real test because all they've played so far under hacking bottom is Hamilton and Dundee. But it's still it's too confidence boosting results I've had out of those games. So yeah, we shall see. It's, it's it's I don't think there's too much pressure on Hibs in the, in the, the cup game, but they'll certainly want to win it mm-hmm. um, because it's a cup. Uh, and um, it's it's a tough game for Celtic. It's just it's too tough game for Celtic this, this week. So um, and it doesn't get any better. And we have to host Aberdeen as well. So you're as well just staying in Edinburgh this week. Aye, <laughs> just as well it's not that far to travel. To be fair, but <laughs> um, a far travel is done again for the season. Just a bit. Fellas, we need to go now to Aberdeen and after the spot. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I was at the Talbot game on Saturday. Oh, what yeah. final the Junior Cup? 
I saw the goals. <laughs> yeah, I saw your goals. The best goals you'll see. The first one's the, the best one, I think. Yeah, I would say so as well. But the technique for the the goal from his own half is good as well, Stephen Wilson. Yeah. He's like a celebrity now. I mean, that's him. He's been on the sports scene covering parts game. It was the day after the Air Talbot game. And then the campaign, there's a campaign now to try and get his goal on Sky Sports News or Soccer AM. <laughs> so, nice. Good luck, Tom. So, a good win. Through to the semi finals of the Junior Cup again. Mm-hmm. Achieved another semi. Nice one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well done. So, good one. I was waiting to see if everyone was going to follow up in the semi. <laughs> Only if they get to the final. What are you going to do if they get to the final, John? I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> it doesn't affect me. <laughs> well, if, if you achieve a semi, you don't want it to go away, don't you? Yeah. You never disappoint, Chris. <laughs> I set them up for you. A, a clinical finish. <laughs> It's probably a joke about never disappointing as well, but I've not made up. Yeah. <laughs> Just to deviate for Scottish football, did you see the incident with the Chelsea What's goalkeeper? That? Just to deviate for Scottish football a wee bit, um, did you see the incident with Chelsea goalkeeper in the yes. League Cup online. final? No, see this. I've Ridiculous. seen the excuses. Oh, I thought he was injured. I was going to put a reserve goalkeeper on and then it turned out he wasn't injured and just pretend I didn't go down the turn on and off when he never came off because yeah. that doesn't fit that story. Nah, Aye, we think yeah. it's happened before. There was a World Cup when Tim Krul mm-hmm. came on for uh, well, our keeper was at the time for Holland. Yeah. Yeah, against Costa, against Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. because Caballero is a, um, a penalty specialist. Um, yeah. So they were obviously putting him on with like that my, was my thought. Uh, yeah, when I heard Caballero and uh, but um, the oh. goal, the Spanish goalkeeper says no, you know, said no way, and <laughs> there's no way that's a, a misunderstanding. The way that uh, Sari and, and no. Zola reacted, but what they should have done was uh, follow that through and you know just get him hauled off. But they they, t- they just gave up and let the boy have his way. And what will happen from here? You've got a 75 million goalkeeper. He's not going to be put in reserves. And Sari, because Chelsea are doing pretty pish this season. Will end up getting the sack. Yeah, not over this specifically, but that will, will be what happens. But I'm disappointed that the the papers didn't lead with the the headline. Um, Willie dicked around Willie Caballero. What was that? Willie dicked around because he didn't get on. No, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Tumbleweed. <laughs> Any other Willie jokes you want to make? Saves that for his wife. <laughs> oh dear. I don't feel we can end on that note. No, I, I, I think we probably should end on that note, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, we are, I think we are into by extra time now, aren't we? Yeah. Ah, we're into penalties. Penalties. Yeah. Well, I'm not coming off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably hit it over the bar. That's it? I'll probably hit mine over the bar. That's what I do. I'll score. 
Yeah, we know who the penalty specialist is in this place. Yes. <laughs> You'll stroke yours in. Yeah. Aye. All right. So, um, if you want to contact us, FCFF Podcast on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Scottish Football Forums, we're on Instagram, SFF Podcast. Drop us a message, speak to us individually. We all get tagged in the podcast when we release it. So send us a picture of pies. Always or always singular pie. Any food at the football. Anything <laughs> at the football. Send us any picture. Well, no any picture. Talk to us. We don't bite. <laughs> Except yeah. a pie, we bite pie. <laughs> yeah. Aye, we might have a bonus podcast this week, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's I, maybe it's not. Aye. <laughs> <Hi. Hi. laughs> <laughs> right. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're still here. <laughs> Stop dragging out, you too. <laughs>